Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get to the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host and we've got, as normal, lots of information in today's episode. So if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, you'll find all the links in the show notes or better still, subscribe to the Saturday Strategy Weekly Email News Update. So today we're going to be looking at the old chestnut of communication or effective communication and how we can use that to build relationships with those people around us, our suppliers, our customers, our staff, our associates, our business partners, our our loved ones, whoever it is. It all relies on great communication. And Michael Trigg, who we've got as our guest today, is going to help us and take us through some really good practical pointers on what we can do to um, brush up our skills in that area and particularly focusing on how we do that online um, because so much of our communication now is taking place on Zoom meetings and um, Google Hangouts and and, and, uh, Microsoft Teams and that presents us with some challenges and Michael has some great tips as I said and we're going to be able to put those into action and make sure that we can really maximise on this opportunity. So today we're joined by Michael Trigg. If you don't know who Michael Trigg is, you need to know who Michael Trigg is. Michael is the presentation maestro, which is a really grand title, but what his responsibility is and what he's made his responsibility as a business is helping us to be better communicators with our audience. And he's got some fascinating views based on really a long career in presentation. He started out in the British Army, which is all about um, you know, communicating with people. He joined Procter and Gamble and had a successful, short, successful career in sales and account management and quickly worked out that building successful relationships is being able to be a great communicator as a great differentiator between mediocre and brilliant um, in that field. And he's gone on to coach some of the most um, high, some of the highest performing people in the UK in how to deliver better to their audience. Um, one of the challenges we have, um, I think we've always had this as a challenge in terms of being business owners, is how to get our message across most effectively, particularly using the spoken word. And I think the challenge has been exaggerated just recently because of the move to online and presenting using um, electronic media actually really highlights the, uh, the, the challenge for us. And Michael, welcome to Saturday Strategy. Thank you very much, Johnny. Delight to be here and a privilege to be here. Thank you. Good. Michael, um, did, I think you probably got your head around what I was saying there as our challenge. How, how would you speak to us on that and help us to overcome that? What can you give us to get us going and improve? Uh, thanks for asking. Well, first of all, I'd just like to sort of set the scene a little um, in this, is that I think to present well, and for many people, when you say presentation, it implies a lot of PowerPoint slides and standing on a stage or something. But for me, it's anything from a one-to-one across the table in Costas to all the way to standing on the stage in front of thousands and everything in between. And as you so rightly mentioned, these days, it is largely online. And I think it's, it's mostly the ultimate differentiator, really, between ourselves and a competitor because very few of us 
really have a unique selling proposition. Some do, but most of us don't. So it really poses a rhetorical question, why should anybody buy you or me? And there's all sorts of reasons. Maybe your kids go to the same school or you support the same football team or something. But if those aren't there, often it's the way you connect and engage with them and the way they feel you get them and that you talk their language. And I genuinely believe at a core level that is the difference that makes the difference a lot of the time. And I think essentially, uh, as a communicator, as a presenter, as a business owner or a person in the business, we've got three duties or obligations uh, to our viewer or our audience. Firstly, I think we need to be interesting and engaging because if you're not, why should they listen? So that's number one. And that means you need to be interested in what you're talking about. And if you're a small business, uh, like you and I are, Johnny, you know, we're interested in it. Uh, if, one's, if one's an accountant or a financial manager in a large corporate and you're talking about double entry bookkeeping, you don't have quite the same ownership or energy in what you're saying. But for most of us, we do. So that's, that's only a given. And what, how else do you become interesting and engaging? Well, it's how you deliver it and the amount of oomph and humanity you bring to the message. The second duty, I reckon, is to get your message across. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you're interesting and engaging and they want to listen to you. Secondly, you have a message. Mm. And I reckon over the last 30 years of doing this, uh, working with some very interesting, very senior people from the top to the bottom, 98% of them don't have a message. They've got a subject, they've got a bit of a context, but they, they often don't have a message. So that's really important to have a message. And it's worthwhile wrapping that message in a structure. Mm. So that's the second one. The third one, if I may, is to be authentic, is to let the real you come out to play. Because I think we all respond better and we all instinctively know when someone is being themselves. So that's, those are the three things that frame everything I do, really. Yeah. When you say message, Michael, can you give us an example, perhaps, of somebody you've worked with or, um, you know, what, what's, a, what's a good message versus a bad message or where, where somebody's maybe had no message or a bad message and they've converted it and said it differently to be more effective? Great question. Um, most people have a subject that they're going to talk about. Uh, this I'm going to talk about X, Y, Z. But that's not the message, that's just the subject. The message really is what do you want your viewer or your audience to do or think or feel as a result of listening to your subject. So it's a purpose, it's an aim for the talk. And everything in the talk supports that message. It's a little bit like if you're getting into a car and going somewhere in the days we could drive a bit more than we do now. But if you are going somewhere you'd never been before, you'd probably, you know, put the coordinates or the postcode into the sat-nav or of your smartphone to help you get there. You wouldn't just say, well, I feel like going to Cornwall. I think I'll just drive west until I hit the sea. Uh, you might end up in Wales, you know. You need an aiming mark. And that's the aim, the purpose, and that therein lies the message. Okay. Give us an example of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, somebody talking on a subject where they framed that really well. Sure. Uh, well, let's, let's take a, a pitch. 
if you're talking to a potential client. And you could say, well, what I'd like to do, Mr. or Mrs. Potential Client, of the next 20 minutes, is to give you a bit of a feel, give you a flavor for the sort of things we do, the sort of clients we work for, and how we operate, so that you can see if there's a fit between us, if there's something you'd like to take further. So you've, your, your potential client knows you're there, mm. but it makes it a little bit more transparent. It's also not threatening. You're saying, I'm going to give you this so that you can make a decision. It's, it's up to you. So you're making it a bit more explicit, but you're also focusing their minds in of what you want to do as well. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And in a pitch situation, of course, that helps you to keep control of the conversation as well, I think, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. And there's other ways which uh, help keep control of the conversation as well and keep you on piste because mm. that's one of the biggest traps that almost anybody falls into. Yeah. They can get taken off at a massive tangent by questions and by interest shown or by challenges and find it difficult to get back on track again. And mm. that's one of the things that I, that I teach is that you'll never be blown off track. Great. So how do you, how do you teach people to um, deal, with, deal, deal with this challenge? I, I think a lot of what you're talking about is delivered on camera, isn't it, and online? How do we approach that? Well, um, there's, there's many a slip, twixt cup and lip, about um, presenting to camera. And that's one of the things that I would nail first. Because one of the questions I ask people when I work with them you know, is, give me some examples of, think of people who are really good at this, either online or offline. What sort of things do you observe? What do they do? What do they demonstrate? And people say things like, well, they're good at telling stories, or they're interesting, or they're humble, or they, they look at you, they're talking to you rather than at you, and blah, 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 all sorts of excellent things. And then I asked them the question, okay, I asked you that question for one reason. Everything essentially about oral communication falls into two, one of two baskets, what you say and how you say it. Okay. Of all the great characteristics and qualities you've just given me, which basket do most of them belong in? What or how? And 99% of the time, it's how. Mm. How you deliver it. And that's one of the things that most people don't pay much attention to. They pay, spend an awful lot of time getting the slides right, the, con the content right, the facts right, but then they blow it yeah. when it comes to delivering it. So the first thing... I look at when working with somebody is their delivery. And there's many a slip, as I said, between presenting physically and also to camera. And we nip some of those in the bud and I show them some of the do's to do. And let me give you one example of what some of the do's and some of the don'ts, particularly online, because that's the context we're talking in now and we'll be using for some weeks, if not months to come. It's a fundamental, human need for most of us to be looked at um, when somebody's talking to us and vice versa. And to do that online, you need to look directly into the camera of the laptop or the desktop or the mobile. And I would say about 90% of people don't. They look at the screen of the picture of the person because that's what your instincts tell you to do. Let me look at the guy I'm talking to. But if you look at the guy or the girl on the screen, you ain't eyeballing them. You're just 
they see you looking down a little bit. So, so it's actually quite hard to train yourself to look into that little black, tiny glass dot on the top of the screen. Sorry, you were going to say to me. Yes, I mean, I'm, 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 so this is the difference between looking at the little dot at the top of the screen or looking two inches below it to the person in the window. Correct, correct. And, and we can sense the difference. Absolutely. And if you think back to the last WhatsApp call you had with friends or family or whatever, just observe them next time they call you. I bet you anything, they'll, you'll find their eyes somewhat askew from looking into your eyes. Mm. Because they'll be looking at the screen. That's what most of us do. But it makes a big difference when you can actually look directly at them. Because it's what we want as human beings. So it becomes more human to do it that way. For the recipient, for you, the speaker, it's hard to begin with. It's weird. It's, it's counterintuitive. You know, I want to look at Johnny's face here or the thing. Not that damn black dot next to a green light on the top of my, my desktop. But actually to connect with people well online, you do need to look into the camera. That's an extraordinary piece of advice. Because I think one of the things that um, subliminally or, or consciously we're all craving at the moment is human contact because, yes. because it's being reduced. Yes. And I think if what you're saying there is just by raising your eyes a couple of inches, you can increase the level of human contact a lot, I guess. Definitely. Definitely. Mm, great tip. What, what else can we do? Four. Another thing would be, um, if I could just stay on the deliberate camera for a mm. moment, without giving too much away, <laughs> people often ask me, not just on camera, but physically face to face, you know, what the hell do I do with my hands? You know, they're perfectly normal if I'm sitting down or talking to my wife or to my husband or my friends. But as soon as I stand up, these are like great big dinner plates on the end of long poles. What the hell do I do with my hands? And it's very similar to presenting on camera to when you're doing it physically. In other words, use them. Mm. They have a, your body, your unconscious has a wisdom of its own to know how to use your hands to express yourself. It's hardwired into yeah. the neurology. But the important thing, or one of the important things is that it affects your voice. And if you don't use your hands, even though they're not on camera, they don't have to be on camera. People don't have to see your hands moving but it will affect your voice if you don't use them. And I'll give an example now. I've just put my hands flat on my desk in front of you, and I'm not putting this on. I'm not faking anything. This is what my voice sounds like if I have my hands trapped. You may notice the pitch is quite flat. I've lost much juice and interest and really, and if as soon as I raise them again, it changes. So that's one of the examples of presenting on camera. Um, so that's one of the first things I do. Once we've got that established, and mostly people I work with, they've, we've, they've done, particularly online, they've sent me an example of a presentation they've done onto their smartphone, onto WhatsApp, and we work. And after explaining about the delivery, then we play their first attempt back, and we'll see what they're doing really well, and also what they have still to do. Mm. And is there a... Is there any sort of period where things get a little bit worse? I mean, like, like revisiting a golf swing or anything else like that. Do you, <laughs> do you, does, it, does it get a bit awkward and worse short term? Or, 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 or do, do these changes mean that you are a rock star straight away? Oh, not for the first time, Johnny. A great question. <sighs> Presenting on or offline is a perishable skill. 
it's not like riding a bike. You never go, you never go quite back to how you were before, but mm -hmm. it can fall off, shall we say. So it does take a bit of practice and it takes a bit of application and most usefully some feedback. And actually I have an, a free app called Ovation, which is not a plug because it's not selling anything on it. There's no in-app upsells, but there's a little feature on that app uh, which allows people to record a message for me, mm -hmm. an audio in this case, rather than the video, saying, hey, I've got this idea for a start for a talk, can I run it past you? And they send it to me on the app, comes through to my email, and I come in and, and, and send my feedback back again. Oh, wow. So does it really step up? Do people go through a slough of despond before getting it? No, in general. No, they don't. They just keep improving. But it does need practice. Application, shall I say. Okay. Okay. I read a book once called Talk Like Ted. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that book. And um, <clears throat> they, they, were, they were talking about the impact of different TED Talks. And yep. they were, I, I might have this slightly wrong, but the gist of it will be right, yep. is that there were some that were hardly prepared at all, which were very high impact. And the very, very biggest impact ones were massively prepared. And people talking about doing 40 hours of preparation for a 17-minute, um, for a seven, 40, 40 hours of preparation for a 17-minute presentation, um, practicing and practicing it over and over for perfect delivery. And those are the very biggest impact. And the worst ones in the middle were the people that were part prepared. <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a bit of a danger? In your, in, your field, in, your, in your experience? Yes, and um, mm -hmm. to go with no preparation at all really is risking it a bit. Yep. Um, but you raised a very interesting point here, Johnny, by even mentioning TED Talks, because uh, I, part of what I do, after working with people, end up talking like TED, in mm -hmm. other words, without notes and often without slides. But here's the crucial difference. Uh, the thought of spending 40 hours to prepare for your 40 minutes or whatever it is, is just almost ludicrous. I, um, one of the things I, I teach, and I think it, it makes, one of the things I think that makes me different, but I show people a way of installing. Once they've got the ideas together, once they've got their aim and their purpose and introduction and their structure, I show them a way of installing all of that into their head. And it takes, do you know, it takes, once you've done it a couple of times, it takes about half an hour to do that. And then everything comes out in the right order, the right sequence. You don't have to, you don't forget anything. And all with half an hour's preparation. In fact, one of the first guys I worked with when I moved down here to, to Gloucestershire about nine years ago, um, he told me, in, with great joy, uh, that he then um, about a week later, he went up to town on the train, Stroud, and he and he couldn't get a seat, and he was giving a talk that evening, and he said, "I, I prepared the whole damn thing, uh, crouched down next to the loos and the Great Western <laughs> train, and he said I delivered the talk of my life." Yeah, yeah, brilliant. We've got a, we've got a couple of minutes left, um, left, Michael. What 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 other things can we talk about here to to really just help our listener to make a, a, a change in what they're doing well um one of the things well if i go back to what i said to begin with the the the, um, the 
potential importance of this, it's something most people don't give credit for, is the difference you can make by engaging clearly with somebody. And um, on something, the way I normally work with people online for, for a day and a small group for a day is that we start with the we start with the delivery on camera, then we look at structure, so you've got a shape to your thing, and then I give them this Nirvana map thing, which puts everything into their head, and the difference, and they see it online, between the first presentation they do and the second one that they prepare in about 40 minutes online, it's dramatic. Mm. But it has to, it's an experiential thing. You have to experience it to be able to do it. Yes, yes. Michael, I'm, I'm going to take away a couple of these tips, if that's all right. I'm going to steal them. I'm going to use them. Um, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to start looking at the green dot and, um, <laughs> <clears throat> and doing that. I do use my hands an awful lot. And, uh, and, and Brilliant. You know, so, so I'm, I'm kind of conscious that I sort of sometimes find myself like a, like a waving nutter. But um, I think that's great advice, and, and, and thanks very much. Now, I, I think... Well, can I mention one thing, Johnny? Forgive me for interrupting you, but... Uh, um, in answer to your last question, something that's really easy for people to do is, and it's not advertising, is, is I have a, a YouTube channel called Presentation Maestro, and it's full of little videos giving you tips, advice, and there's a section, there's a playlist called Ask Michael, mm -hmm. and that's full of videos that are answers to questions that people sent me on social media. So there's pretty well any question you've got about presenting will probably be there. Brilliant. And if, my, if people want to invest a bit in themselves and actually move this from one place to another, what, how do you work with people, Michael? How do people find you? I run online masterclasses. Uh, it's called Influencing with Integrity. It lasts a day from 9.30 to 6.30 in the evening. Sounds knackering, but actually it's not. Mm -hmm. I both me and the participants feel amazingly energized by the end of it. I only take six people on it um, because with this sort of work, people need the time and space for me to give them feedback and they need to be, feel safe to do that. Yeah. So that's why I keep it to a small bunch. And I run them once or twice a month at the moment. So yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And that would be perfectly appropriate for, you know, a, a sole trader right up to somebody running a sizable company, would it, would it be helpful for everybody? Anybody who has to speak to others to win business or to gain business or to gain interest, it's applicable to you. Brilliant. Michael. And I, and I've consistently, I've worked with loads of one man and one woman businesses, uh, to chief executives of B and Q, et cetera. Michael, that's brilliant. Really great advice. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's an enormous subject. I know it's the biggest fear to a lot of people as well. So um, any, any support and help that you've given today to those people, I'm sure will be very gratefully received. And um, we'll make sure we get all those links into the, into the show notes so that uh, people can find you. And again, thank you very much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for doing me the honor of having me on, on board. Thank you. So that is it for this episode of Saturday Strategy. Thank you so much for sticking with us to the end. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm actually waving my hands around as I speak and using them. So uh, hopefully my, my voice is, is coming across really animated. Thanks very much for staying with us. Thanks very much to Michael for those great practical tips. And if you've got any feedback, you can reach me on WhatsApp using 07977 437 360. That's it again. Until next time, 
And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts.